Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. Let's go to the book of James chapter 4. I'm beginning my series this evening, and I'll call this part one of this particular thought. I'd like to call this series this summer on Wednesday nights, except the Holy Ghost shift me and I, and I do something else. I'm always open to the, uh, what I believe is an unction of the Holy Spirit when it comes to the Word of God. My plan is to speak on kingdom principles. I call them of some of the uh, hidden secrets or the secrets of God, kingdom secrets. And for the sake of the title of this tonight, I'm going to call it uh, the secret of resistance. Understanding the the power of resistance. So I call this uh, series itself, Secrets of the Great Life. Anybody want to live a great life? Come on, you want to live that full life that God has for you? If you don't, we need to have prayer for you for mental illness, of course. But uh, glory to God, you should desire to be everything that God wants you to be. And I'd like to call that the great life. That is the great life. Amen? Uh, In the book of James chapter 4, James chapter 4 this afternoon for a minute, let me begin this particular series uh, with this thought on the secret of resistance. James chapter 4, uh, the scripture says, Submit yourself therefore unto God, in verse 7, James 4, 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Is that an amazing statement? Everybody shout resist. The scripture says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Can we talk just for a moment on this series? So I'm going to take a little time with it, and I'm going to try to stay as as exact in it as I can. But the Bible does not say for Pastor Hallam to submit you. It says submit yourselves. If we read over in the book of uh, 1 Peter, we understand that there are three things the Bible says are three ways that we are to submit ourselves. We first submit ourselves under the mighty hand of God. The Bible says. Secondly, it says, submit yourselves unto your elder, your spiritual elders. Thirdly, it says, submit yourself unto one another. Hallelujah. When you hear that particular thought, it does not mean to be dumb and lame and blind mentally and emotionally where someone else has to tell you what to do all of the time. We don't roll that way now nor ever. How many of you are glad you have the mind of Christ? And... Uh, Good counsel is always good to have, but he's talking about that attitude of the heart and that submission of the heart uh, to one another, unto the spiritual leaders that God has over your life, and then above everything else, under the mighty hand of God. And the Bible says that when you do that, powerful things begin to activate. There's an order in the kingdom of God. One of the ways you submit yourself, obviously, is with your words. Another way that you submit yourself is by resisting anything that would try to break that relationship that God has for you. For instance, a husband and a wife. The Bible says, for a man to love his wife the way Christ loved the church. The Bible never tells tells her to love her husband. It just says to honor him and to submit yourself to him. Now, women should love their husband. 
maybe I should preach on that subject. I mean, it would be nice if, if they do. It sure makes the household a lot easier. But obviously, what the Scripture teaches is uh, in the book of Titus, the only time you have a statement about that, in the book of Titus it says, for the older women to teach younger women how to love their husband. And so there should be some godly conversations going on there about uh, order and relationships inside the house and all of those things from, from more seasoned uh, godly women who know obviously how to uh, have long-term marriages, lifelong marriages and all of those things. Uh, that would be uh, the kingdom order of that. That being said, my experience is if a man loves his wife, and especially if he will honor her the way Christ loved the church, which means sacrificially and uh, with all of the right motive and, and without selfishness, but with uh, love and desire. Uh, the scripture says uh, that there will be a spirit of submission that is there in the house where uh, the scripture never says for a man to submit his wife. It says for a woman to take on that particular responsibility and role herself to submit herself. And it says for the man to love her the way Christ loves the church, that's a win-win situation in any home. Amen. Give me two big amens right there. Amen. When that gets out of order, disorder begins to take place and chaos. And when chaos takes place, you can be sure your adversary, the devil, will try to do anything he can to cause a disruption of divine order. That being said, the scripture says to submit yourself. Uh, and then it says, resist the devil. Ooh, glory to God. Verse seven, uh, to submit yourself, therefore uh, unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I want to talk to you about the secret of, of godly resistance. The Bible says of Moses in Hebrews chapter 11, if I had time to go there and break it down uh, and just stay in that chapter for about two hours, you would see it real plain, but I can tell it to you, it's there. It says that he made a decision. He chose to uh, go with the children of Israel instead of uh, accepting the niceties of the palace that Egypt had to offer. If you read it in the Greek right there, there's a couple of words that, that literally come from the word for resistance. It's, it's like he had a spiritual resistance on the inside of him that says, I am resisting the temptation to have all of the, uh, the leisure and the pleasures and the lifestyle of the Egyptian palace. And I choose to be an outcast with the uh, children of Israel. We're going to leave because God has a higher plan for us. And uh, that word there literally says that he resisted. He resisted those temptations. Come on, somebody shout resist. Listen, have you ever had a thought in your head that you wish was not there? Obviously, once again, either we have mental problems or that happens. Those things take place in life. I don't care who you are. I mean, the devil will try to tell you uh, that you're never going to succeed, that you're no good, try to get you over into sin, uh, try to pull you back into your a past life, try to get you to experiment with drugs or alcohol, try to get you in sexual immorality, try to get you into stealing or lying or, or uh, corruption in your words, cursing, foul language, all of those kind of things. Let me tell you how to get delivered from that. Are y'all ready? It's called resist. Come on, somebody shout resist. resist. 
Now listen to what I'm going to tell you. Don't forget what pastor is about to say. We are people who pray. Come on, shout pray. And you pray over yourself. But when you pray, it's important that you say some things with your mouth. When you have internal uh, temptation or internal trial that's trying to cause you to miss God, and you know that it's not God, yet there's a temptation there because the scripture says every uh, man or woman, every person is tempted when they are drawn away of their own lust. The word lust right there does not mean just a sexual immorality. It means personal or, or whatever this personal uh, attachment is that draws you away. You could have lust for money. You could have lust for things. You could have lust for, uh, for immorality. You could have lust for uh, an old lifestyle or something of that nature. And the scripture says, because there is a, a, a drawing in the nature and the enemy tries to get at you at that place. But the Bible says to resist him and he will flee from you. I'm going to give you those in, in the Greek here just for a moment. I think you'll expand the understanding. But uh, is everybody with me so far? Come on, shout resist. Yeah. When you have a thought that's trying to stick around and draw you back or draw you out, like hell will try to tell you, don't go to church. Uh, and But inside you're like, I'm a Christian. And I go to church. I love the house of God. I love the people of God and I'm going to do it. And then the enemy will say, well, but you know, you don't have to do that to go to heaven. And it's not a matter of have to, it's a matter of get to. And these thoughts, anybody ever have these conversations about uh, maybe they're mad at, at their family or they're mad at somebody on the job or, or, or maybe the devil says, don't tithe. That's always a, an easy one for hell to try to uh, mess with people over. The way you overcome thoughts that begin to try to embed themselves and become temptations is you speak the truth against the thought that's in your head. You have to say it with your mouth and think on it. Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love her will eat the fruit of it. If they love the power that God has given you in your tongue, you'll eat the fruit of it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. It doesn't say the power of death and life. Uh, the power of death and life don't have that power. The tongue has the power. And the things of death and the things of life will try to come against your life many times. Or the things of death especially. You and I are supposed to use the power that God gave us. Can uh, Think about it with me now. There's only one thing on this planet that God made that sounds like God. And that's man, man or woman. That's humans. We talk like God. We sound like God. Uh, he was from the south. He has a little accent. All of that, you know. No, but man sounds like God. Birds don't sound like God. Birds uh, do what they do to praise God. All the sounds that are there are significant, but man talks like God. Hallelujah. There's more to your words than just words. One of the greatest secrets uh, in the kingdom of God, one of the spiritual secrets, all the devil wants you to do is change your words. And you can activate death. Or you can agree with that thought that's trying to tempt you. And you can put the power that God has given you, you can put it out of commission almost. 
and you can, uh, you will wind up yielding to those thoughts. But if you will begin to speak, come on, Mark 11, 23, 24 says, if you will say to that mountain, if you'll say to that circumstance uh, to be removed and cast into the sea, doubt not in your heart, but believe the thing that you say will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. Is that in your Bible? I just quoted it verbatim to you. Now listen to me. Get this in your spirit. Uh, because he only said, think it one time. But he said, say it three times. Uh, Jesus said in the book of Mark chapter 4, one of the great uh, covenant scriptures of the Bible, in Mark chapter uh, 4, the scripture says that if, if, if a man thinks a certain way and they say things with their mouth, it's out of, actually, excuse me, it's in Luke chapter 6. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, I believe it is. Yeah, I'm sure that's where it is. Luke 6, 45, it says that a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth evil things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Bible says that when you're talking, you're not just talking and verbalizing and burning up oxygen. You are bringing something forth. You're bringing something forth. That's why it's important if you're raising children or you're raising your grandkids or if you're married in your home or if you're looking at yourself in the mirror. It's important to realize that there's a power on the inside of you. It is a treasure. Do not release anything evil. Come on, shout hallelujah. But release good things. Release a good treasure because out of the abundance, out of the overflow of your heart, there's a power attached to your tongue. And it's the power of life. You say, oh, you're just one of those name it, claim it guys. Well, yes. <laughs> Only it's not just name it, claim it. But I can promise you whatever you name and you claiming. I don't care who you are. You speak death, you're getting it. You speak life, you're getting it, Jesus said. Well, when you take the Word of God and you begin to speak the Word of God and you begin to decree, uh, for instance, and with His stripes I was healed. I will live and not die. I'll declare the glory of God. Just like Job uh, that we read earlier, that God gave him. He did not sin with his mouth, with his words, the Bible says. Out of all of the issues Job was going through, and he had, he had the problems. His wife comes to him in Job chapter 2, and she says, Look, God hadn't been good to you. Why don't you curse God and die? Ooh, who'd like to be married to that, huh? I mean, let's be honest. She's just gone through some, some of the worst tragedy that a human could go through with all of her kids being killed and all of those kind of things. So she's, she's in a bad situation. But Job had gone through the same situation. But Job says with his mouth, listen to how Job said it. Uh, he said, but you sound like one of the foolish women. And in all of these things, Job did not sin with his mouth. Oh, hallelujah. He said, look, I don't care if skin worms destroy my flesh. With my eyes, I will see God. Woo, hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. He made a decision to guard his mouth. You say, well, now, Pastor, if I, if I get into that, I'll have to be guarding my words all the time. Come on. Look, you need to put a guard on your mouth because your, your words are loaded. I'm not talking about 
uh, just not, not being casual in conversation. It's all right to have friends and talk. I'm talking about death words, uh, things that are contrary to the kingdom of God, an evil treasure coming forward. Don't bring that evil stuff out. With the same uh, mouth, the Bible says, we curse, and then we turn around and bless. The apostle Paul says, my brethren, that ought not be so. You cannot drink the cup of devils and the cup of God. Look, let's just use what you have. That's like, that's like turning a weapon on yourself. I have a brother that was a national champion trap and skeet guy back in the 90s. One of the top shooters in the nation. He was the number one guy at the number one tournament. Uh, he's very good. He, he's about 18 months older than me or 17 months older than me. He's a very good shooter. He loves God. He may be watching online. He lives in Florida. He's retired now and lives in Florida. He's, he, he, he's not a preacher, so he was able to retire. <laughs> and he lives in Florida. And so anyway... This guy can shoot. He's one of these guys. How many of you like to hunt? Remember when you used to hunt it? Or you hunt? Do you still like that? I do. I mean, if it's flying, I'm shooting it, killing it. And you got to rid the valley of the dreaded quail sometime, you know, and, and dove and stuff. Well, anyway, uh, I, I'm nowhere near the kind of marksman he is. He did it for a living. He, that's, he made a living as a shooter. And uh, so anyway, managed gun, gun clubs, all kinds of things. Uh, but imagine with that expertise that a guy like that would have, what if he were to take all of that power and turn that on his foot? Like, I guarantee you he wouldn't miss. Even if that foot was moving and flying, he, he's not going to miss it. He's going to hit it. I just want to tell you, your words are just like that. They are powerful. You begin to speak life into everything you do. And when you're doing that, you are resisting the devil. I'm not saying to not be aware of the facts and the situation. Just remember, you are not a facts machine. You are a truth machine. There is a major difference in the facts and the truth. The Word of God is truth. The facts are subject to change. I don't care what the fact is, it can change. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory while we look not at things that are seen, but at things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are subject to change. The things that are not seen are fixed and eternal. He's talking about the things of the kingdom of God versus the things of this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, it's very difficult to have a smile that big on your face and speak negative. Hallelujah. Years ago, the Spirit of the Lord said this to me. He said, if you will smile, listen, you will double your favor in life. If you'll smile, you'll double your favor in life. I grew up with, five, with four brothers, five of us boys, and I had two younger sisters, of course. I've told that story many times. But, you know, we were, listen, and we were boys. I mean, we boys. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We were hunters, we were fishermen, we were ball players, we were like outdoors, and we went, we went, we went home when it was when it was nighttime. The rest of the time we were up and getting with it all the time. I have two little grandsons right now. Imagine that times five. These little guys will come bailing out here as soon as I dismiss in about 15, 10 minutes or so, they'll be they'll be sailing out here. 
and they're two years old already. One of them, both of them, one takes a baseball bat, put it on a t- two years old. And he just got this corkscrew turn, whack. And he'll hit that ball, he'll hit that ball almost two years old. And the other one takes a golf club. And you better watch out because wherever he's standing by that ball, he's just going to hit it that direction. And they almost never miss. Do that times five. Listen, your words are important. Your words are extremely important. And you need to speak life into your children. Before those guys could talk, and they're just now beginning to verbalize their little boys. They're just now starting to verbalize. I heard uh, Catherine and Josh, they would all call them little men. Well, y'all just my little man. You're just my little handsome man. And you're, you're a ball player. And they don't know what a ball playing is for anything. They're two years old now, and you ought to watch them hit a ball. You're like, what? I'm going to be that one's agent right there one day. I'm going to be his agent. Sometimes you just speak it and just begin to say it. And you just begin to speak life and you speak direction and you speak understanding. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Uh, the Bible says in Revelation 3.11, uh, when, uh, when Jesus is talking to the church, one of the churches, he says, let no man take your crown. Let no man take your crown. He's, uh, he's coming one day. Let no man Take your crown. Hold fast to what you have. How many of you have faith? How many of you have the Word of God? The Scripture says resist the devil. One of the ways you resist him is regardless of what thought tries to come in, Ephesians 4.23 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. If you will continue to renew your thought process, listen, and the very motivation, the power of your thought process So many preachers are afraid of talking about mental things, but it's all through Paul's writings and he only wrote half of the New Testament. It's so key to serving God and to living uh, what I like to call a great life or the life of following the Lord without all of the setbacks all of the time. Even when setbacks come up, they don't set you back. You just keep going forward anyway. You live in a fallen world, so you'll go through those negatives. But instead of losing ground, you just keep going forward in Jesus' name. One of the most necessary components, secrets, is to speak life. There's power in your tongue. Speak it. If you get a bad uh, uh, physical exam and all of a sudden there's something wrong in your body, I'll never forget being, I love to tell this story, and I can tell this about numerous people, but Brother Bob Fernandez I I go to the hospital with Brother Bob. He had passed out at church. He had lost a lot of weight. And one one service, he passed out at church, and they carry him there, and he had cancer. Bob, are you in here this evening? Where are you? Oh, where? There, There he is right here. And he had cancer. And the doctors gave him a very, very critical... I was in the room when the doctor came in and gave that. And uh, he and his wife, and, and, and so I'm standing there, and he said to the doctor, thank you, thank you, I understand, thank you very much. I believe God's going to heal my body too. I'm just going to get well. I believe God's going to heal me. And the doctor's like, okay, well, all right, good. Now the doctor doesn't know. It's kind of like good luck, you know, and there's some good treatments, and we can do all that. But he, and from that time on, any time I talk to uh, Bob, whether it was at the hospital or at church, he would say, no, God's healing my body. By His stripes, I was healed. 
I'll live and not die. Glory to God. And it was a very critical report. And then the report started changing and changing. How many years ago was that, Bob? In 2009. So that was 10 years ago. And he's totally cancer-free and healed in Jesus' name still today. Hallelujah. Listen, the words of your mouth are very powerful. Speak life. Speak life. Listen, speak life to your marriage. Speak life to your children. Mothers, speak life to your womb. Believe God. Speak life. Come on, somebody shout life. life. Don't let those fears try to overtake you. I wish I had time, but my time's up for tonight. This will just be part one. I'll stay in this. But just remember, Jesus got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus did. The Spirit of God came on him uh, like a dove, and, and he's filled with that power, moving into the greatest thing that he uh, was created to do, that God had for him on this earth to do, the Son of God, about to begin the plan of redemption. And the first thing that happens is he goes out into the wilderness for 40 days and nights. And he is hungry. He had to have been thirsty. He had to have physically felt the effects of that. 40 days. And that's when the enemy came to him and began to plant thoughts in his head or try to do it. And the first thing he said was, you know, you really need something to eat. Have you ever noticed that the greatest temptation is when the enemy tries to tell you you need something? And you might actually have a need But if the devil's the one who's telling you to to satisfy that need, you can be sure there's nothing but poison in that. And Jesus said with his mouth, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. He said, I don't survive just by food. I have a spiritual survival ability also. And he continued to do that every time the enemy would try to tempt him at a point of desire or need. The scripture says, Jesus would rise up and make it right. The, The devil said, why don't you cast yourself down? It is written that God has angels that will bear you up, lest at any time you dash your foot against the stone. Right there, the devil distorted the word of God. The Bible doesn't say, lest at any time you dash your foot against the stone. Because I can tell you right now, you get outside of the will of God and you get away from the plan of God and you begin to do things that are not of God, you can literally walk out from under that covering. But if he spoke the word of God, Jesus spoke to him and rebuked him. Come on, somebody shout resist. resist. And finally, the Bible says the devil had to flee. The devil left him and departed, and angels came and ministered to him. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, Men and women I found are so generous when the word of God is coming into their life. 
They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.